Attention patriots. Tired of the tyranny and crime in the sanctuary cities? Flee the city and seek refuge in the American Redoubt. FleeTheCity.com. Move to the freedom of Idaho, Montana, or Wyoming. FleeTheCity.com. FleeTheCity.com. Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, the American Freedom Party, dot U.S. You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 Era nascido macho, é atacado. Cerca, pimare mo. 
Villamanti States, the uh, what do you call these things? The crossing, the crossing guard, or whatever I forget what these things are called. Level crossing, grade crossing, doesn't matter. Some of these railroad crossings in America don't even have the uh, these arms that come down. If you've been to some rural ones, you only just have the the red lights just flashing. Um, but this one, uh, they they come down like at least five minutes before the train comes. So you're usually sitting here and being like, kind of what the fuck? And if you're an American, <clears throat> you're not used to sitting and waiting for the train to show up. Uh, you think that it's broken. Uh, a lot of people cross the tracks uh, and go under the arm, not not cars, but, but pedestrians. Uh, and they've put these cement barriers up here on the left side to sort of pre prevent that from happening, but people still just kind of walk under it, which is kind of funny. Uh, I've... Uh, I've remarked uh, to some people that the, the further the further uh, away from Western civilization you go, and this is still Western Civ, I get it, but uh, the closer to the equator and the closer to uh, kind of Central Asia that you go, closer to India that you go, the more likely it is for people to just like disregard barriers and and uh, lines on the road and and uh, the the rules as it were. And so the, the driving here tends to be pretty crazy, uh, as do uh, the pedestrians sort of taking risks and, and whatnot. And so you'll see people kind of walking through there all the time. Um, but we are, uh, we are outside of a little town called Calatabiano, um, which is a, is a medieval town. Uh, it's got this really tiny uh, train station that's over here to the left. Um, might be able to see it on here. Yeah, you can see a little bit uh, on the right-hand side. And uh, it's pretty much abandoned. I mean, they use it, but it's abandoned in the sense that there's no ticket office, there's no cafe, here comes the train. Um, none of that. Now, the train you're seeing go by is uh, one of the new modern uh, trains that they've purchased here. Uh, I've ridden on it. It's pretty nice. It goes about 150, 160 kilometers per hour. So I, would, I wouldn't say that it's high speed, high speed compared to America, um, but even Amtrak goes almost that fast. Uh, high speed, I consider anything above like 200 kilometers per hour and getting getting up into the higher speeds like that, but um, it, it's kind of interesting. This is where I think some people conclude that Europe is based uh, because you go to Europe and you see, as we're going across here, you see a brand new train, uh, unlike America, uh, you see uh, cement sleepers, which for those of you out in uh, Rio Rhinelander, uh, those are railroad ties. Um, in America, they're still using uh, large pieces of wood encased in tar and pitch and creosote and all kinds of other shit um, that that don't, you know, they eventually rot, even with all of that um, fossil fuel coating on it. And uh, they're just not that great. And they're not really conducive to high-speed rail either. Um, but the cement sleepers are much better. 
and they're more durable and they last for a very long time. Uh, so that's what they have here. All upgraded tracks, all electrification, and uh, it's really rather nice. Um, and this town doesn't really have that great of roads. They're actually pretty tough condition, but almost everywhere else, uh, the roads are brand new. Um, they're really in great shape and they're repaving everything and building new bridges and building new trains and really making it a nice place to live. And uh, no, China's not paying for it, uh, like our Belt and Road deep dives that we've talked about where a lot of these countries have gone into debt, um, doing the debt trap diplomacy bit where China comes and loans a particular country um, some large amount of money to build infrastructure, but it's, it's always too much for them to pay back. Um, if you think they've only done this to Africa, go look, go look at Montenegro uh, and some Eastern European countries where this has also been done, uh, that these countries can't afford to pay it back. Sure, they have nice infrastructure, but then they're kind of like on the hook, as it were. Um, but this is the EU spending a lot of money down here uh, because as Warren and I pointed out on the, uh, the Hail the Iron Prefect Deep Dive episode 500 FTN, um, this is an area that still looks upon fascism in a favorable way. It doesn't mean that it's based. It just means that if you go up to older people here uh, who have not been subjected to technology and pause and everything else, um, they look favorably on the time of, of Mussolini. Um, they are totally fine with it, and a lot of the politicians that are in power are people who are sort of holdovers from that era. So it's it's um, it's definitely something that they're concerned about. Uh, and I notice a common thread uh, between here and Germany, where I was uh, also just a few months ago. Um, and you go out into rural Germany, and there's a lot of investment in infrastructure. There's a lot of investment in roads, bridges, tunnels, uh, all kinds of stuff. I have to turn around here. I'm just giving you guys a little bit of a tour. Um, and they've really made it kind of nice. And the thing to point out there is, it's not that these places are necessarily based. These are essentially, this is essentially a police state. And in Sicily, it's a mafia state. Um, something like 60 to 80% of the businesses in Sicily pay protection money. Uh, and that is insane when you think about it. Um, and this is actually a really good example of one uh, on the left, uh, this Latana del Orso. Um, it, this town is kind of in tough shape here, um, really falling apart. Uh, there are some decent businesses. But uh, when you see, whenever you go into a town like this and you see a business that's really nice, like the one that we just went past, um, Latana del Orso, and everything in it is like brand new and you could even like imagine that it's in somewhere in uh, like a swiftly upper middle class, sorry, oven middle class uh, suburb of America. Uh, it's because the it's a restaurant that the mafia has a large piece of. So they make it the nicest place in town. In fact, it's true even up in the north if you go into Rome. Uh, you'll see these restaurants that kind of fit in with the rest of the town, but then you'll see restaurants in Rome that are really, really decked out and really nice and everything is brand new. Um, something like, you know, like level that you'd see in the United States. And those are almost always um, run by the mafia. 
and I'm not, this isn't speculation, like, this is, this is truth, like, this is, like, how it'd be, um, so we're gonna go down this road, and hopefully, hopefully we won't get stuck, uh, I'm kind of going from one place to another, because as I drive past things, I, I remember different things to talk about, um, when I say hopefully I don't get stuck, uh, there are some roads here that you think that you can go down, and, um, then you'll see signs that say, uh, 1.8 meters wide, uh, in certain spots, um, I've seen it as small as 1.6 meters wide. So like in America where you have like height restrictions, you also have roads in Europe that have width restrictions. Uh, and I've actually gone down roads where I've had to fold in my mirrors. Um, and I've been concerned that I could get stuck. So yeah, it is a possibility. Um, stuff like that does happen. Uh, but that's why you see cars like the Fiat Cinquecento and some of the smaller ones where they can actually fit down those roads. And that's what these Piaggio, uh, like tricycle trucks, if we see one, I'll point it out, uh, are also intended to do. Like even that garbage truck that we just drove past was like super narrow, um, like three quarters of the width of a, of a regular car. Um, but you're starting to see the garbage issue here as we're walking along. Trash issue is pretty, pretty bad. Um, but anyway, let me try to tie up some loose ends here. So, oh, road is closed. Road is narrow, road is closed. So I guess we're gonna go around in a circle. That's cool, can finish, finish my thoughts. Uh, back to the infrastructure piece. They, what, what was World War II about? It's about conditions for workers and uh, conditions, generally speaking, in terms of people not getting what they expect from their government. Um, and the Nazis and the Italians uh, were actually like stood up and fought. And so while they may have lost the war, uh, that doesn't mean that Jewish power was going to just put things back the way it was before in terms of the neglect uh, of of roads and bridges and how people get around. And look, I get the argument of, well, they're in the process of consumerizing Europe in the same way that they have in America. They're in the process of financializing Europe in the same way that they have in America. Uh, they have exported American politics, American consumerism, uh, everything about it. So I get to a certain point, like, yeah, they need to have really good infrastructure in order to deliver all the goods and services that Zog wants to make sure people have on demand all the time. Um, but they're not doing that in America. They're doing this here and they're keeping wages up. And I'll go, I'll talk about labor here in a second. Um, to a certain extent, it's not as good as it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's always on a sliding scale. But relative to the United States, it's better. Uh, it's better than it has been uh, in the past. Now we're going to go down a narrow road and kind of see some good stuff. It's, it's actually worse than it has been in the past, is what I meant to say. Um, but they are repaving roads, and they are, and I guarantee you, actually, in this town, they will probably come through and repave this road soon. Because uh, just down the road, they, they, they repave. And we may, we may actually drive over there so you guys can kind of see some of this. Um, but they, uh, they, they're keeping it nice because they do, they are actually concerned that with the migration stuff, and with globalization 
and with Russia sort of knocking at the door, that they really have to work overtime to make the, make things here a little bit nicer than they have been, uh, because they they risk a revolt from people otherwise. Um, oh no, much to uh, much to Alex McNabb's chagrin, there goes a uh, Ford F one fifty. What will we do? Uh, actually, it's a Ford Ranger, but it's not the size of the Ford Ranger in the United States. It's just badged the Ranger, but it's the size of an F-150. So, so yeah, there you go. Um, and I hate that car that just passed. The Fiat, I forget what it's called, but it's like a, it's like a Fiat Cinquecento, but it's got this like big bubble thing on top of it to fit like six people. Um, and it's really stupid. Oh, here's one of these like cut and cover tunnels. Uh, not even a full cut and cover. It's like a half cut, half cover. Oh my god. Of course. That's what you get. So, they're trying to keep things nice. Um, to keep, to keep people kind of chill. Because if they just, I think the lesson that has been learned, and it was a lesson that had to be learned by Mussolini himself, uh, but it was also something that Mussolini took advantage of um, in order to crush the mafia, is that there has always been, for thousands of years, uh, whenever there's been some sort of um, government that sits on the main land of Italy that has control over Sicily, um, there is always an issue uh, with... Um, neglect down here. The people here, there's always been this this, this battle between North and South um, and it's very similar to in America in that it's very rural here. Um, it's very right wing here. Um, it's much more racist, much more traditional than in the North and the people down here have always resented the North as handing down edicts that the people here down down here have to follow. The people here uh, pay have to pay taxes. We're actually driving through um, lemon orchards right now. Uh, people have to pay taxes, um, and then ultimately that money never really makes it back down here. That's one of the reasons why there's no bridge still between Sicily and uh, mainland Italy, even though it's really the Straits of Messina are really not that big of a gap to span. Um, but they've been talking about it. it would be one of the largest infrastructure projects ever undertaken in Europe if they do that. Um, and it's mainly because of the how the water flows through the strait. Uh, and the area that I'm talking about, for those of you who are geographically handicapped, um, are uh, is the area where you cross from Italy into into Sicily. Um, and it is uh, it's only a couple kilometers wide, um, but it's if you look at a map. Of Italy, it's where the very tip of the toe of the boot uh, is, and you see the island of Sicily there, and that's where you cross. And they have ferries there that run every 40 minutes, um, and it's the most inefficient process that you've ever seen. Uh, they have these ferries that come every 40 minutes, and they put cars on, buses on, they even have a couple ferries where they put train cars on. Uh, because you can take a train from anywhere here up to up to Rome or anywhere in Europe, actually. Um, they just put the entire train onto the ferry, which is great in lieu of a bridge, because if you've got a sleeper compartment uh, on one of these overnight trains, 
and you got your luggage unpacked and you're comfortable and you're reading a comfy book and uh, you get to Messina, you don't want to have to like pack all that shit up and like walk onto a ferry and then why not put the whole train car on the on the ferry? But you think about the infrastructure involved and the number of ferry boats and the maintenance and all of the things involved. And of course, Mob has a piece of that too. They always do. Uh, but a bridge, they'll put tolls on and whatever, but it, it would just change. One of the advantages of why they've been talking about the bridge more recently is, well, it's, it's a way of piping in stuff that people down here don't want. Um, and people are going to be, people down here love the bridge idea, most of them. They are excited, very bri bridge enjoyers. Uh, but a lot of them, you know, some of the smarter ones, I think, realize that there's uh, a certain advantage to remaining insular um, and not having the connection because then you just become uh, like the rest. But some of them are like, well, look. Reggio Calabria and Basilicata and Apulia and these other places. Uh, let's go to Castiglione. Yeah, whatever. Fuck you. You'll notice there's no stop signs, no signals, no traffic lights here either. You just get to an intersection and, like, figure it out. Which is fine. Like, nobody died. Everything was cool. Um, and I was the indecisive one. So, mea culpa. But, uh, in any case... Yeah, so you have people for and against the bridge. And it's definitely not a bridge to nowhere. It's a bridge to, like, trannies, faggots, and everything else, like, coming down into here. But there are people who cope and say, well, look, Reggio Calabria and Basilicata and Campania and Apulia, those places are also very rural and have kind of maintained some sort of insular uh, whatever by the fact that they're just known for having a lot of crime. Uh, that's the kind of funny thing is like the crime is what keeps people out. But um, I think eventually it's going to come for all of it because they'll eventually do, here's my prediction, they're eventually going to do to the mafia here uh, what was done to the mafia in the United States. And this is a point that I didn't get to make on the deep dive um, is that the mafia in the United States, because we talked about how Mussolini crushed, for those that haven't heard the deep dive, highly recommend it. They crushed the, the mafia in Sicily, forced a lot of it underground, but for the most part it was crushed. And by crushed, that meant either those guys were in jail or they were sent, they, they left and went to America. Um, and so going to America, uh, they set up shop, Meyer Lansky, Lucky Luciano, Mo Dalitz, uh, Mo Green, like all these Jew Jewish mafia figures, uh, were, were in kind of an allied sort of operation with the Italian mafia. Now, they were still very ethnically um, divided, right? Lucky Luciano's boys were all Italians, and Meyer Lansky's boys were all Jews. And so um, this was... This was done in this way for obvious reasons, but um, of course they were segregated, right? Why, why would they all be working together? What does that tell you? So they all went to the United States, and everybody knows the story from some of the other deep dives we've done, with Meyer Lansky being the one who obtained the photos, the illicit photographs of J. Edgar Hoover. 
because we have quotes of Lucky Luciano bragging about, I've got the son of the bitch. We've got the son of the bitch right where we want him. Um, here's, a, here's a very narrow street in a rural town. Uh, we've got that son of a bitch right where we want him. Um, they have pictures of Jagger Hoover in a dress, uh, all kinds of stuff, compromising details. And so that is, uh, that is how they basically took control uh, through these early means of blackmail with, with uh, technological advances that allowed them to take photographs and eventually video. And then you have Jeffrey Epstein. Basically, they took that system and they expanded it um, tenfold. And now that's what you got. Um, so, and people think, oh yeah, Epstein's dead now, so now that system's dead. Uh, it's, it's largely been, like a big chunk of it has been dismantled, but I fully believe that very quietly, like nothing happened to Les Wexner, who was really over Jeffrey Epstein. Um, so that system is still alive and well. But anyway, I digress. Uh, the Mafia... Once they got what they wanted, which was control of the American government, then that's when you started to see Rico and all of that come into play. And then they took down the Italian mob because why do they need the why do they need the Italians anymore? The Italians aren't going to be making the transition to holding political office, and that's what the mafia did. Mafia just legitimized um, in the 1960s and 70s and became the American government. I know that sounds very, like, tropey. Um, you know, the American government is a mafia, but that's what it is. I mean, that's really what it is. And the people running it are just the descendants of the Pete. Now, look at this. Look at this old, probably medieval bridge. Turismo San Cataldo. What the fuck is that? Don't know. Um, but let's try not to get hit. Get out of here. That would not be fun. Middle of the deep dive on anti-Semitism and jazz hands gets hit. Wouldn't be very fun. Oh, we have a nice big road. Very nice. Too. So, oh, the camera's crooked. Sorry about that, guys. So, where was I? Yeah, so... Jewish Mafia legitimizes within the American government, and then they just basically sack the Italians. Once the TLDL, I mean, essentially it happened. Um, and it culminated in with the assassination of Kennedy and uh, for not giving Israel nuclear weapons and just all of this stuff um, led to that. And it's, it's, it's what happened. But uh, the Mafia is still huge uh, in in Europe, look at this, look at this uh, railroad bridge. Very cool. Sorry, there's gonna be sights along the way. We have to pause and uh, admire them. Very cool bridge. Don't know how old that is, but I'm guessing 1800s. They're putting railways here, 1880s, 1870s. Uh, yeah, so, 
so that's where it is now, and in the mafia still is all over the place in Europe. I was reading about this recently, actually. The um, there's a bunch of different groups. The uh, Ingrata uh, are the ones that are in. They're the biggest mafia in in Italy right now. Is the uh, it's it's sort of like Ngai, but it's the N apostrophe G. Grata, you can look it up. It's Grata, uh, Garatara, or something like that. Uh, you still have La Cosa Nostra, which is in Sicily. Uh, you have um, different groups that are in Apulia and Basilicata and Reggio Calabria, but for the most part, the Ingrata run everything. And um, it is back, is bigger than it ever has been. There have been crackdowns by the EU and the Italian government on it, but I mean, you don't really see Italian politicians going out and saying how they're going to sack the mafia and they're going to shut all this down because what do you think would happen to those people? It's like people in the EU who say that, but they sort of, they've sort of let the mafia be because it's, it's a way, it's a form of government that works even better than giving these people democracy because when they gave them the democracy, uh, they put Il Duce in power. So... They're kind of like, yeah, no, we'll just go back to the mafia because that's what was working before. Keep these people poor. Keep them afraid. I mean, that's really the elements of the American government, right? Keep them poor. Keep them afraid. And then you've got control over them. Like, it works out really well. So the mafia does the same thing. So why not just keep what works work working? Uh, I don't know if people know this or not, but Germany is actually one of the biggest money laundering centers in Europe uh, and the Ingrata are there. The Ingrata are also in Canada now uh, and one of the reasons that they're there is because Canada has Canada has no RICO statutes on its books because it didn't have to create them excuse me, it didn't have to create them in order to get rid of um, the Mafia so that's where they're operating um because it's, it's ripe opportunity, right? And no one's really stopping them. So which that tells you that it doesn't mean that Jews are afraid of the Italian mob. Uh, it probably means that they are in some sort of partnership with them because they serve a purpose and they know what, what their boundaries are. Now, what's funny is there's a whole strata of um, other lesser European groups that work for Ingrata. So you have uh, R Romanians and Bulgarians and Polish, not so much Polish, but a lot of these like uh, Serbian, Russian, Eastern European groups uh, are are sort of like subjugated under the Ingrata, at least in Italy and in Western Europe. And they're allowed to have certain pieces of the, of the illegal rackets, uh, but they are kept very tightly controlled, and in fact, there have been some hits against the Romanian mafia in Naples uh, because those guys kind of stepped over the line. Uh, the Romanian mafia is allowed to run cigarettes. That is their piece. They're allowed to run the illegal cigarette racket, uh, like cheap cigarettes from the east and bring them into you know Western Europe and sell them um, to undercut the taxes and everything else from the government. And they were, like, kind of stepping into, like, prostitution and drug sales. And, like, the guy that was causing that problem was, was killed. And that was the end of that. So, you can see 
why Jews benefit from the existence of these groups and them maintaining an existence. So uh, maintaining an existence is what I meant to say. So that's kind of that's kind of how that should be understood. But um, I, I I would say that they're going to be around uh, as long as they're necessary. And the prediction that I was going to make is that they will eventually go away as well. Uh, once they have completed, if they complete, if they complete, because Russia has disrupted that, COVID has disrupted that, uh, the economy has disrupted a lot of the best laid plans that these people have, have put into place. Um, but if, if things were allowed to continue in the world as it was, a la 2019, uh, they would eventually have gotten rid of the mafia here. Um, and then and then things would have been different. A good way to think about Putin, actually, this is a good way to think about Putin. Because um, people have, like, a hard time with, you know, you're against NATO, you're against uh, the U.S., against Zog, and then that turns into, like, this, this affinity for Putin. Um, Putin is essentially the boss of the Russian mafia. Um, and essentially controls a sovereign state with a huge military... And a lot of power. And his job, because this, this part of my thesis has not changed, the purpose of having Putin in power in Russia was to was to keep um, people kind of in check there, because I would say Russia is one of the most anti-Semitic places in the world, because they've been dealing with Jews pretty much longer than everybody else except for maybe Arabs. Um, and they... Uh, He's a guy that has that the system was tolerating, working with, inviting to summits, giving his country a lot of money, building malls, doing consumerism and whatever. And as it turns out, this guy uh, was playing them and now has just gone rogue, which I fully support. It's great. A lot of the Jewish oligarchs have abandoned ship. It's great. It's a good sign. Uh, you have Kissinger saying that Give him what he wants. Don't humiliate Russia. So there you go. There's a really beautiful old church here. This town. Oh, I know where we are. This is not where I wanted to be. <laughs> uh, and maybe, are we in the right place? Oh, no. I don't think I've ever been here before. We're in a different place. Anyway. So, yeah. Putin has just gone rogue. Can I fit through here? No. I can't fit through here. Oh, shot, right? Actually, it's kind of gross. Oh, well. If I don't edit that out, that's fine. Who cares? Yeah. Oh, by the way, it's almost 100 degrees here right now. So, it's pretty hot. Pretty hot. That's the background noise I have going with the AC. So... So yeah, this place kind of looks like West Virginia, the uh, the mountains. In fact, I would say it's uh, it's got the look of West Virginia in terms of the living conditions. Nothing against West Virginia. It's also a place that's neglected and been screwed over by the government. Um, but the scenery, the, the landscape, and the climate is that of Southern California. Um, some trees, mostly scrub. It is, it is pretty, pretty arid. A lot of palm trees, 
railroad bridges have uh, fasces on them. It's very cool. So we're following along what seems to be a river of some sort. I, sorry, I didn't get the name of it. Uh, oh, we were driving through Francavilla di Sicilia. Okay, I see where we are. And going deeper into the interior here. Deeper into the hot, rural interior of Sicily. So I will have to turn around at some point because we have to go back. But uh, yeah, well, it's a one-way one -way road. Hopefully a big truck doesn't come. Nice thing is out here, you don't, you're not going to be encountering tourism. Um, and my God, the boomers, the boomers are just like talking about the, homog the homogeneity, homogeneity of the United States and Europe. The boomers, you literally cannot tell the difference between boomers in Europe and boomers in America. You cannot. Like, I was behind this group of people that were slow and getting in the fucking way and just talking and, like, just so up their own assholes. And I swear I thought they were Americans. And I walked past a group of them and they were just like, uh, I'm like, oh my god, they're French. But they look the same. They look absolutely identical. The same types of clothing, same, same, like, mannerisms, uh, same total incompetence with, um, cell phones. Uh, yeah, it's just really, really kind of hilarious how bad boomies are. But, uh, oh yeah, we're, we're on the edge here, hugging the edge. Hopefully this road doesn't collapse. Uh, and then you find this tape in like a thousand years when I am unearthed from the rubble. Um, but yeah, they're actually like road collapses here all the time. So yeah, if we make it, that'll be good. It's because, um, Somewhere up there, Hitler was making sure that I got, I made it out of here. I hope. I hope that's the case. I'm just kidding. I'm not esoteric here, but uh, I do like to think that he's up there somewhere. Around there, over there, wherever he is. He's in Valhalla, I think. In any case, there's an abandoned house. Lots of abandoned houses. There used to be a program. They have Dem programs in America. Here's another abandoned house. Uh, a couple of them. Dem programs. They used to have a program here um, where you could buy a house in Sicily uh, or an apartment, but usually a house. They're trying to get the houses filled for one euro, and you could be an American. They're very they're very friendly to Americans buying property here, and that's usually a pathway to getting permanent residency. By the way, this sort of like grub-brained, like you're not allowed to go to Europe. You're not allowed to live in Europe thing. It's like, yeah, you are. You just have to, like, I mean, they're not gonna, they're not gonna pay for you to come here. And like, that, that's definitely abandoned over there. Um, fuck, if there's a place to pull off, I was gonna take a picture of that. That was, that was pretty, pretty crazy. Um, yeah, they're not gonna pay for you to come here. They're not gonna like roll out the red carpet. They're not gonna do for you. There, there's a good view of this place. They're not going to do for you. Totally abandoned. Huge. With terraced gardens and everything just needs to be cleaned up. And redone completely, of course. But I have no idea where we're going. It's going down. Oh, what other loose ends? What other loose ends should we tie up? That's a nice river down there. What other loose ends? 
so yeah, they're doing they're doing a lot of infrastructure to keep the place nice because they don't want people to start thinking about fondly of days gone by. Um, they are not pushing the faggot question here. I have not seen any faggots here in a month. Um, I have seen a few niggers, uh, but that has been in uh, that has been in Palermo. I saw a couple niggers, and they were like selling fake leather goods on the street. So that's what you get um, here. And I, I suspect that's going to increase over time, but there has not been a lot of tolerance for it uh, because the they're still sending them to Lampedusa. Excuse me. It happens sometimes. Uh, they're still sending them to Lampedusa. Uh, but Italy is basically saying, yeah, we'll use Lampedusa essentially as an Ellis Island, but you're not going to... Uh, you're not going to just send them all here and expect them to, like, just land here and we're going to be the dumping ground for all this shit because we have to deal with the reactions from people, too. So they get sent, divided up. Um, but I've been told that they are sort of quietly turning boats away. Uh, there have even been incidents where some of the boats are being sunk still, uh, but they're just doing it in a way where there's not media coverage that is catching this. Um, but most of what's happening is that they turn the boats away without food and then, you know, it'd be how it'd be. Uh, but there's not a lot down here. Now, one of the things is, is crime and poverty are, are, are a nice repellent from, from blacks. Uh, and that's, that's what sends them continuing to move on. Uh, they also stand out like a sore throat thumb here. So it's, you really, it's like, wow, oh, okay. Um, and you see the reaction from the people here to them and around them. They're not happy about it. So, so yeah, uh, it's not something that, it's not something that is really, like, this is not an area that is getting flooded with that yet. I can see them doing it eventually someday. Um, but it's just not, they have to improve the conditions here and make it be a place where blacks are going to want to be. So, yeah, and that's that's how this is what I'm getting back to. To close full circle on the whole thing is this is how people conclude that a place is based. Like people conclude that Russia is based and conclude that Europe is based and all this stuff. And it's like relative to America, yes, that's true. But look at the trend. As I always just say, look at the trend. Um, and the trend here is there are more niggers here this year than there were last year. Small amounts, but still. Um, the the overall direction that things are going is not positive, um, and but they also know that they can't move too quickly with this stuff. Um, they've managed to, to move pretty quickly in the United States because they feel like they have all of the 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 controls in place, all of the levers, as they terminology they sort of use for this sort of thing. They have all the levers in place um, to make sure that they don't get backlashes. It's all abandoned farms in here. Um, and 
the end result is um, America. But they don't have all that here yet. So they can't just come into a place like this where people are poor, people are hurting really bad, and then they just decide, oh yeah, we're gonna turn faggot shit way up to 11. I think they, they saw what happened in Weimar, what happens when you do that. So the decision not to turn faggot shit up to 11 doesn't... All right, we're back. And I cannot remember what I was saying about faggots. <laughs> it was something about the the reason why they're not turning that shit up to 11 here. They've learned the lesson of Weimar and, and all of that. Uh, yeah, it's actually been 30 minutes have gone by. The camera got too hot and um, we had to, had to stick it in the center console here uh, to cool off a little bit. Um, so I've actually been driving for about a half hour and uh, totally forgot where I left off. I was trying to tie up a loose end with, with ramping faggots up to 11. Because see, here's the thing. Going back to the comparisons that people make between different places. And I've said this before, uh, I'll say it again. It's often rooted in myopia. I know this is like a triggering word for some people, but it's it's rooted in myopia. It's rooted in uh, sort of a, an insular attitude that that is that has always been inherent in sort of human psychology, but is like rapidly increased by social media because before social media people sort of had an awareness of their surroundings and the world around them and that there are places that weren't like theirs and people that don't think like they do uh, and they they sort of realized that yeah okay then the, not everywhere is the same as I am and it kind of makes it it sort of enhances you a little bit to, to sort of understand, to have that understanding. I'm not talking about diversity, I'm talking about that. I'm just saying that people kind of have different approaches to things. Um, and the advent of social media kind of gave people the, the false impression, especially as things became siloed and you ended up being put into echo chambers where people think like you and talk like you. It's created this mentality where people think that everybody is the same everywhere no matter what because they're all experiencing the same things and all conclude the same things and it's really it turns into this like really kind of almost like insanity I would say is what it is um, and to, there are certain truths to it so people fall for it like I was just saying about boomers see I can recognize where I'm contra I may seem like I'm contradicting myself when, when I'm, I'm really not I'm really not um, because even though I just said that those boomers may appear the same, um, they may look the same, they may kind of behave in the same way, um, I only got to experience like a little bit of that. Uh, it's very possible that the political ideologies of those boomers uh, is, is quite a bit different than, than boomers in America. They probably have a lot of the same hangups that boomers in America do. Uh, but they have kind of different expectations. And so the governments in which these people live are, are different. You could have boomers that are pro-Israel uh, that um, will, will like stop everything they're doing and go out in the streets and break shit over like faggot laws, right? And I don't know if that's the case here. Um, 
I don't know if that's the case here. Uh, but you'll also have the opposite. You'll have people who are kind of apathetic toward Israel and uh, are, you know, more in favor of the the gay the gay marriage stuff. So it's they always have to play to kind of whatever anybody's interests are. Um, and with with the gay thing, uh, I think a lot of people make the mistake of, of reading too much into the church stats in Europe where nobody's attending church and because people aren't attending church, they're becoming liberalized. It's actually not the case. They're not attending church because the church became liberalized. And now they're... The only people that go, uh, the olds are outside. I've been through a number of these small towns on a Sunday and church attendance is driven by weddings and feast days. Social, some sort of social return that people get uh, that you don't have at all in America. It's amazing how that works. Um, they have feast days here, fireworks, and people get together and eat and drink and the whole town closes its streets and it's not about religion, it's not about the church, it's about people getting together um, and having a community. Now, there there's probably an immediate tendency there goes one of those Piaggio uh, tricycle trucks, by the way. There's an immediate tendency uh, to, to start making fun of that and say, oh, is this the church barbecue? You're really going to red pill some people at that? It's like, well, I don't think that that's not the point. It's that when people say that the church used to mean something beyond religion, that people would get together and have a community and everybody collectively have, because everything is closed here on Sunday, by the way. And people are using that time to spend time with their families, play cards, go to the beach. Um, they're not, they're, if they're not going to church. And the feast days are kind of a, a reason for the whole town to get together. And they happen quite often. Uh, in America, they don't celebrate that at all. None of them. None of it. Um, and in Northern Europe, they, they, they really don't. But it's in Southern Europe they do. And in, I think Malta is a place... Uh, nearby here, 80 kilometers away, uh, south of the southern shore of Sicily, uh, that they celebrate that, like, even more. Like, it's, like, full-on 4th of July tier fireworks displays on just an ordinary saint's feast day. And, sure, they have mass at 8 in the morning that probably some people go to. Uh, but for the most part, it's all the things that happen in the afternoon. Um, streets are closed food tables are set up, people are outside, and it's like a street fair or a carnival like you'd have in America. That's what's funny about America is like, we have those, and I don't even remember the last time I've even seen one, um, but now imagine trying to have a carnival or a street fair in America in 2022. Shootings, niggers, crime, rapes, it's just, it's like, it's like taking the shopping mall and putting it out in the street, like who wants to do that? But here, that's what they do. And in Monday, a lot of stuff is closed, too. It almost carries over. Saturday is a very busy, very busy day um, for for business and, and everything else. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's quite a bit different. But that's because there are different expectations here. Um, and here's another stat I'll throw at you. We never talked about this. But one of the reasons why a place like this will seem relatively more based... Um, is because 98% of the people here are ethnic Italians. 98%. And so there's very little 
there's very there's almost minuscule non-white immigration in almost almost not as minuscule but two percent of the population is not Italian so expats and Arabs and I've seen some some Asians there's this one beach that if you go to just Vietnamese uh, women who go around and it's a beautiful place and they're there and they just go there and they're like massage uh, you want a massage massage and they come and like bother you and just mess with you and just they won't leave you alone whereas you know Italians will come up to you and be like ah oh, you want to go on excursione you want to go on the boat and take you around it's like no thank you no I'm okay thank you and they, they say no problem they're, they're just say they just sell you their service if you want it fine if you don't whatever and they leave you alone and they will never bother you again these fucking Asians will repeatedly ask you over and over. They will go down the line. If Let's say there's 20 people on the beach. They'll ask all 20 people, and then when they're done with all those 20 people, they'll come back and start at the top and ask the same fucking people again. And I, I watch with shock at how much patience the Italians have with this. But you go a couple times, a couple rounds of massage, massage, and then you say no, and they say maybe later, and they won't accept no, not later as an answer. If you say later, that means you're signing up for more massage questions later. And they will be back in five seconds or however long it takes to get to everybody on the beach and come back and do it again. And there's like five of them. So they all ask. They just go in a rotation. And it's... I've gotten to the... A couple times I was just like, no, not later either. No. And she's like, later, just keeps repeating later. Like, no, not later either. I don't want you later either. I don't want you now. And the fifth time they came by, she actually put her hand on my shoulder. And she's like, starting to tell me, oh, it's going to be so good. It's like, no, I don't. And the expectation is that you, like, if you don't have your shirt off already, you're on the beach, so most people are going to have their shirts off. But if you don't have your shirt off already, that you take your shirt off and they're going to massage you right there on the beach. And none of these women are attractive. They are all old, 60-year-old Vietnamese women. And it's just like, this is a beautiful place that, you know, a lot of people have, maybe some people only get to go to Europe once in their life, and maybe this is their one time on a beach in the Mediterranean, and, and you get to, you have to listen to fucking massage, massage, massage. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? You know, they have this thing in Italy called... Uh, DOP, I won't even begin to tell you what it stands for in Italian, but um, it basically means like um, that it's it's an official seal of something that is produced in Italy um, and it is approved by the um, agricultural board or whatever. It usually applies to wine and olive oil and things like that. If you see the DOP seal, that means that it's like official and legitimate and has passed all these scrutinizing tests and whatever. It's a thing that actually goes back to Jewish times when Jews were trying to sell counterfeit products in the market. There's a whole thing on the banning of bread and certain kinds of things in Poland for a long time uh, because of Jews like putting, you know, sawdust and dirt in the in the flour and then making bread just like ridiculous, ridiculous shit. Uh, but anyway, DOP. It's like my thing is like why why don't they just require DOP for anybody who's doing business, doing anything. 
that would that would that would nip this fucking masashi problem in the bud really quickly. We would nip it in the bud uh, because Jesus Christ and the Italians have to be allowing this, and this is my theory. So you're seeing more and more street vendors like lay out the blanket and put uh, garbage out on the blanket to sell, like counterfeit Gucci purses and stuff like that out to sell. Um, and people, people walk past, they say no, nobody buys anything on the beaches. You have um, not blacks, but like the blackest Pajits you have ever seen in your life. Sorry about the road conditions here, guys. The blackest Pajits you have ever seen in your entire life uh, selling trinkets and junk and bracelets and just all kinds of garbage. The blackest Arabs you've ever seen in your life selling all this garbage. And they're in the streets, they're on the beach, they're everywhere. And then you have the Asians doing massage and all this stuff. And that means, I mean, you know, Europe is a police state. Not just about talking about comfy stuff, but also about, you know, regulations about their products and whether where you can have a business and, you know, if you're home. You know, a lot of the same shit that they have in the United States. I've heard a lot of horror stories about people um, inheriting property from uh, family members in Europe. And because it was irregularly constructed meaning without a permit um, at some point when probably a permit was not required and then in order to keep the structure they they would have had to have gotten a permit or updated or fix it or whatever and they just haven't done that they can't sell the property they can keep it in their family hand it down from generation to generation but they cannot sell it they have all these fucking rules and yet these like vendors of just garbage in the streets occupying literally squatting and selling stuff in front of somebody else's business they don't got nothing to say about it well that must mean because you want them there that must mean because you're welcoming them there because I said uh, to somebody last night if they kicked those people out they don't have any other way to succeed or survive here so they'll leave and that's been the thing that has kind of kept this place 98% Italian for as long as it has because the high regulatory environment is, is Jewish conservatives would probably say the extreme regulatory conditions in, in a place like Europe are prohibitive uh, for uh, entrepreneurial spirit which is just like prohibitive for like niggers and low-caste Indians selling like garbage on the streets to people and doing massage and everything else. But at some point, the way that they turned that off was just told the cops to ignore those people on the streets. And I don't know what the, what the local political flavor is with shop owners. I mean, for all I know, there could be a big uproar about this because this was not like this 10 years ago. Um, you might see, you might have seen shit like this in Rome 10 years ago, but not now. Um, now it's everywhere. Now it is everywhere, even in small, little small towns. And so all they had to do was tell the cops, like, yeah, just don't say nothing about these people. So what 
they do in New York and San Francisco. Just, you know, don't say anything about the, the needles all over the ground and the tenderloin. Don't say anything about all the homeless. Don't say anything about this group or that group. Just, like, let it go. And let, let, like, let it build up to a boil. And let it become a political issue that we'll, we'll use and think and turn it into something. Um, and I think that's what they're going to try to do here. And, like, make a big controversy about the the big spectacle of all these vendors, migrant vendors who shouldn't be here and have for and against and just like not actually do anything about it because it's much more valuable to them to create a political sort of football to toss back and forth than it is for just the cops to do something about it and keep people happy. They're just like going to slowly strip the layers away one layer at a time. Um, and this is one of them. It's an explosion of people uh, selling their wares in the streets. Um, and, you know, for the people who are like, oh, wow, Europe is so based, bro, it's so based. It's like, well, it is in some ways, but, like, where are the Italians, like, these hard machismo Italians, like, going and, like, tipping over the vendor tables in the markets? Not happening. Like, where, where is this? Because the cops would do something about that, right? Right. Yeah, of course they would. So nobody's doing that. So it answers this question that a lot of people have. It's like, you know, boomers get blamed for allowing Hart Cellar and all these things. It's like, well, I mean, is it fair to blame the boomers when, like, do, do we get blamed for the First Step Act? I mean, kind of, sort of. Do we get, do we get blamed for Donald Trump moving the embassy to Jerusalem? Like, is that, like, personally my fault? Yeah, I don't or your fault or anybody's fault. Like, I I certainly wouldn't want people being born today, 30 years from now, saying, you know, Jazz Hands is responsible for the First Step Act. It's like, all right. I mean, why? Because we were, well, we were pro-Trump for a while? I mean, it's kind of dumb. So, yeah, it's... Oh, we're on this narrow road again. I was like, oh, when am I going to encounter, like, a big mix, cement mixer or something? But yeah, we're almost nearing the end of our journey for today. But coming into the uh, northern part of Calatibiano, uh, I kind of recognize you. Yeah, I recognize where we are. Yeah, Benvenuti. Benvenuti. Yeah, Benvenuti to you. Oh God, it's another SUV with off-road tires. What's Alex going to do? See a lot of vehicles. Oh no, another pickup truck. These fucking ruralites. These fucking ruralites. What are we gonna do with them? Oh, there's a Porsche Carrera behind me. Well, you're just gonna have to wait your turn, buddy. I'm making a racist video. So, we had enough racism in here today, I think. Pretty racism filled. We love racism. I'm fascinated. Oh, I have to go this way. Great. Well, let's see if I get stuck in this town again. It's a very old, old city here. Sorry for the camera swing. Nothing I can do about it.
nice little town when the uh, the lights start shining in on these buildings and the streets get some get some illumination. So what are the loose ends here? What are the loose ends? I don't think many. But yeah, I wanted to do a video just sort of giving the lay of the land on that stuff. And, and yes, oh yeah, one euro houses and all that stuff. Yeah, like the there is a depopulation effect. People are leaving. I have seen a lot of babies here. So they do seem to be having above replacement. Oh yeah, I guess we'll do this too in the last few minutes. Um, no bug men. There are no bug men, no faggots. Um, you just don't, it's just not a thing. It's just not a thing. I was at a mall today um, and they had stuff that I've never seen at malls before. They had like these little remote control cars that you can put your kid in and like drive your kid around for like a dollar for a half an hour. And I, I drove my son around the mall for like a half an hour. Um, and they had, they were in nice condition too. You like basically rent rent one for a euro, then you go up to a counter, you get a little key um, and the battery for the, for the vehicle, it's fully charged. They give you the remote control, plug it in, put your kid in it, put the seatbelt on, and then you just drive them around the mall. That's what I did for like a half an hour. He like had a blast, he could have done it for like 60 minutes. Can you imagine having something like that at a mall in, in the United States? I don't know why I'm stopping here. Um, having something like that in the United States? That shit would get that shit would get fucking torched. Those cars would be stolen. Um, and there were like people in the mall, like families and and uh, you know older older men, uh, you know the people beyond working age that were sitting there having a coffee, enjoying themselves. I mean, on a Monday. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just it's all gonna. I mean, if if if. Zog has its way. There's plotting and scheming and planning about getting rid of all of that. But it's why people think that places like this are more base. Because I gotta say, it is nice being here for over a month and not encountering any of that stuff. It's really nice. But it's it's fleeting. And you know you can't go out and organize politically. You know you can't say anything and whatever. What is interesting, one difference though, because the, Ro the, the Roman salute, of course, is uh, totally illegal in Germany. You can get up to three years in prison for doing it. Uh, but you're actually allowed to do a Roman salute in Italy. Uh, as long as, <laughs> this is the funny part, as long as the intent of doing the Roman salute is not for the purposes of, of bringing back a fascist regime. So as long as you do a Roman salute just to, I guess, as a, as a, as a historical Second Reich <laughs> reenactor, if you're doing like Second Reich reenactment, then uh, you are in the clear. If you were doing Third Reich reenactment, then you are in deep shit. Although I don't know if they really prosecute people here. Um, I've seen no Antifa graffiti. I've seen a few pro-fascist uh, pieces of graffiti. Um, I saw one windmill of piece that wasn't drawn on anything Jewish, so it might have even just been somebody, like a, a punk kid, just doing that for attention. But, yeah. And I see a lot of... I see people... I see guys here that look like they 
could be because you see people that just look normal they're not bug men but they're just normal normal like Italian dudes at my age but then you see guys that are like cut and have the Richard Spencer haircut and I don't know what their deal is they they could be us they could be something else like I don't know what they are but um, they could just be guys that like that style don't know but in any case I think that's where we are for today so yeah they couldn't take the Roman salute away because then I guess that would have been a bridge too far da unde veniti? da unde siete sponi? E dicetemo ancora, amico, sempre se lecito, sotto a cui camminate. Io cammino sotto cielo e sopra terra, e a onde vai o vai, come arte a me favella, saccio portare saggezza, sangue e onori. Scusatemi ancora, amico, perché facete l'uomo? Io faccio l'uomo per sangue e più onori, e per scacciare infami e i radatori. Notti d'un tempo che fu, tre cavalieri da Spagna si partiru, dalla Bruzia Sicilia passaru, e poi ca in Calabria si fermaru, ventun anni lavoraru sotto terra, per fondare le regole sociali, leggi d'onori di sangue e di guerra. Leggi maggiori, minori e criminali, esti regoli di sangue e d'omertà, da patria a figli si li tramandaro, isti leggi di la società, leggi cusigni un tastoria da saru. Camurra e mafia è società organizzata Drangta Camurra e mafia Sicilia, Napoli, Calabria onorata la mattina a mezzo di lumari una barchicetta vitti navigari cinque veli e sette marinari uno di chisti me vosi domandari Giovanotto diceti che cercati Onore e sangue e un ci rispondia Sopra sta barca se voi impianati Onore e sangue troviamo per la via E me portaro a mezzo di lumari Tani soletta in omo pavignana tutti chi sta di ascutari, chi sta in a terra vicina a sei lontana. Drang da camurra e mafia. Leggi d'onore, leggi d'omertà, drang da camurra e mafia, e cosgarra nuda pietà. Dancerà nu castello, cutristanzi, onde la prima puzzava infamità, 
Mentre tu ci sanguinda seconda e ci trovai, mentre in da terza nu corpo e società, degni e meritevoli fu arreconosciuto, sotto all'arbro una scienza battiato, onorato circolo a tutti vi saluto, fino alla morte a voi subvinculato. Io faccio l'uomo per sangue e ponuri e per scacciare l'infamia e tradituri. Mentre perdono e non da pietà, chi sto mi sto corpo e società. Rangta camurra e mafia, è società organizzata. Rangta camurra e mafia, leggi d'onori, leggi d'omertà.
You're listening to Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, Get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653, 877-886-3653, GoBerkey.com. 